Welcome to Fish Talk Hunt Radio with John Hennigan, where we're going to cast and blast you right out of this world with some of the best hunting and fishing stories that you can't even imagine. Welcome to Fish Hunt Talk Radio. This is John Hennigan in studio along with our good friend and co-host Frank. Hey, how's it going? Oh, it's looking good, looking good. Hey, you know what I'd like to do? Just this time, I'm going to make it 30 seconds. As I promised uh, Verizon that I would talk about them because they really, really pissed me off. So I'm <laughs> starting off the show just with 30 seconds. Unbelievable, unbelievable um, what they've done, how they treat people. And it's if anybody out there um, could contact with me, I would really appreciate it. And uh, you know, if you want to take the trouble to send me an email, I'll do something for you. I'm not sure what, but I guarantee it'll be something. And that's John, J-O-H-N, at fishtalkradio.com. Maybe you just want to say a few words about it. Maybe you love them. I love their coverage, but as a company, uh, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, maybe later I'll tell you what I ended up with. Unbelievable deal. Half the price of Verizon. Anyway, Frank, let's get into it. Yes, let's talk a little bit. We're just getting ready to go up to our trip here in a few weeks. Oh, you know, it's coming. But, you know, when we first started putting this together, it was like way out there, six months from now or whatever it is. But Uh, now we're short timers. We're less than a month. Yeah, and uh, I'm going to the Long Beach show tonight, and I'm going to give them all a, a uh, one of the flyers for our next one in mm-hmm. September. Oh, perfect. Oh, by the way, I think we have Eddie <coughs> from, uh, where is he? Where is he? Well, he's on, he's on, he's on, he's on here somewhere. Uh, <laughs> from, yeah, there he is. <laughs> He'll be in the second hour. Uh, from Van Warmer Resorts, that's where we're going. Okay. <laughs> Unbelievable place. Five miles of pristine beaches, the Bay of Cortez. No, Bay of the Palms. Yeah, well, it's, it seems like I'm having ten times better luck than you. My uh, my projector went out. I called them. They were the nicest people in the world. Who was that? It was uh, oh, Julie. No, no, no. What company? Oh, what company? Yeah. Oh, Julie was at, from... Uh, Okay, well, we got to go, Frank. We'll talk about okay. that a bit later. But, yeah, I'm just so frustrated. I hate this technical age. What can I say? We'll be right back with Fish Hunt Talk Radio. A few years ago, a sailor set out to design a boat shoe that was comfortable and stable, non-skid, and wouldn't mark the decks. Today, these incredibly comfortable shoes are worn by anglers, boaters, professional guides, and charter captains. Go to softscience.com to see more. Soft Science shoes and boots are lightweight and shock absorbent with just the right level of support. Several styles come in all sizes. Enjoy the Soft Science shoe in the water and out. Check them out at softscience.com. It's time for you to take a real fun adventure. Join a hosted fishing adventure to Alaska or Baja with the staff of Fish Talk Radio. Real Fun Adventures can book you on any adventure you desire. Bring your fishing friends or meet new ones. Fish Talk Radio gets the best deals from our sponsors to give you the best possible price. Real Fun Trips are inclusive, easy, no-worry packages to the most popular fish grounds. Trips start around $600. Go to reelfunadventures.com. 
Always buy quality, and you will not be disappointed. AO Coolers, the lightweight, soft-sided cooler, will not disappoint you. Easy to carry, less room on the deck, and more efficient. AO Coolers fit the product inside for more performance. Once you try one, you want more. You will be proud to own one. AO Coolers outperform bulky, hard shell, and lesser soft-sided coolers. For types and how to find yours, go to aocoolers.com. Available at West Marine. The road stretches for miles in front of you. And with the Ram 1500, you'll be able to reach mile after open mile. It gets a best-in-class 25 miles per gallon highway. So your destination won't just be determined by your gas gauge, but by your gauge for achievement. And the Ram 1500 is the first-ever back-to-back motor trend truck of the year. Guts. Glory. Ram. See your local Ram dealer today for great deals. EPA estimated 25 MPG highway based on V6 4x2. Fish Talk Hunt Radio with John Hennigan. This is John Hennigan. We have Frank Selby and our very special guest, Steve Lynch, co-owner of Procure. Steve, by the way, before I forget, thank you for the early Christmas present. I got this box sitting on my front porch full of all kinds of stinky stuff. <laughs> we're going to get Glad ready to, to do it. Get ready to uh, take some up to Alaska and then hopefully some down to Mexico. But uh, anyway, uh, Steve is, uh, um, I guess, co-owner of Procure. Is that a good description, Steve? Correct. I, okay. I started out in 2001 working in the bait shop mm-hmm. and just kind of went up from there. Well, good, good. And you live in Portland, Oregon. I do. You know, we're going to talk about Procure, but let's just take a minute. Let's talk about Portland. Um, and it is, well, first of all, I've this, mentioned this many times, is that if you are ever in an area where everything is lush and green, there's, there's a reason for that. Oh, so true. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, this must be a beautiful time of the year up there. It is. It is. And, you know, uh, high 60s uh, through high 70s on an average. Mm-hmm. And, you know, not too hot, not too cold. <laughs> well, so you can be this way probably through the you know, end of September. Yeah. Well, Portland's in the confluence of the uh, Columbia and the Willamette. Or Willamette, I guess, depending on where you Willamette. come from. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I've, I've heard it occur to call a lot of things. But... Uh, Anyway, you know, there is some good fishing, and within a short distance, there's a lot of good fishing. I think Frank knows a little bit about it. Yes, I love the fish, the sandy, the clackamas, and the salmon, 
and then I'll go over and float down to shoot sometimes. Mm-hmm. All right, I sounds, go 24 yeah. highway up. Mm-hmm. Nice. Those are all beautiful rivers. Yes, and I love them all, and the people are wonderful. Mm-hmm. And my dad didn't lie when he told me, well, my uncle, but he told me when he was doing up on Mount Hood, Timberline, he did a lot of carving up there. I actually got photographs of where he carved bears for the stairs. Wait, oh, a, minute. Wow. Wait a minute. Can you explain that carving? Carving what? Uh, they It was the CC camp, and there's the town now called CC mm-hmm. camp. Well, they used to get on a bus and ride it up to Timberline uh-huh. and work on the lodge up there. And it's still running today. It's probably the longest-running ski season anywhere in uh, well, the United Mount, States. Mount, Mount is a glacier. You can ski to every every day of the year. <laughs> Yeah, just about. Mm-hmm. And they even, they even filmed The Shining up there. Oh, I didn't know Timberline that. Lodge. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Years ago. But the fishing and the people uh, in Welch's all the way up are great. I have never met a bad person on the river or in any of the little towns. They're always yeah. willing to help. And that's the neat thing about Portland. An hour and a half, you can be at the coast. Or an hour and a half the opposite direction and be up on Mount Hood. So, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, you've got everything, with, you know, an hour to an hour and a half right right at your yeah. fingertips. Mm-hmm. Yes. I still as have far as rivers, there's probably it. 14 rivers to fish within an hour and a half of Portland. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, it's a, about it's 10 it. little tiny streams. Well, you kind of mentioned the chutes, too. That is such a beautiful river. It's down in a canyon, and it's just just gorgeous up there. And then float down that, it's just incredible. That's about yeah, a three-hour drive. Is it? Yeah. Well, if unless you went up to Columbia and got mm-hmm. where the Columbia and the, mm-hmm. the chutes meet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's about an hour and 40 minutes where they meet. Uh, yeah, just right in Columbia. It, and I always go over to Mount Hood mm-hmm. and uh, go well, over the mountain. What's that, about an hour, about the, an hour and a half? And then, mm-hmm. and then go down to Moppins and then get on drift boats. And we drift down for two or three days usually. Mm-hmm. Now, we use a little camp just past the bridge, and he knows what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Sure. But we won't tell everybody about day. that. No, no, don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they have. there's some guides that do three- and five-day camping trips on that. Mm-hmm. And if yeah. someone's never done that, man, that is one heck of a time. Yeah, I used to do it every year in September because I was going after the steelhead. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, Steve, let's let's talk a little bit about uh, Procure. And, you know, if you go back a long ways, Procure is something you bought because uh, you'd uh, cure your salmon eggs. Correct. Uh, but Correct. Uh, I guess you still do that, but there's, there's a lot more we, now in there. It's a little bit more involved, yes. We were the first commercial egg here on the market back in 1984. And then and starting in about 1987, we started producing... Uh, different oils for injecting your marinating baits, and then sauces, then butters, and then gels. So uh, we make about 380 different uh, uh, items, wow. as well as all the egg cures. And we have about 31 uh, different egg cures on the market now. So, yeah, it's gotten a little more involved over the years. Mm-hmm. That, that gel works perfect for beginners that's fly fishing on salt water. They see the 
find that if you throw it in the same place more than four times, you're going to get bit. <laughs> sure, and we have a water-soluble line of products designed to go on flies and jigs. It won't mat them down. They'll still flutter and breathe beautifully in the water. Uh, I'll have to try that. I haven't tried that yet. Yeah, we designed that about eight years ago for the fly guys and I did marabou jig fishing, and I tell you, it's a phenomenal product. Well, all I can say is that you guys have been around for a while, and you keep getting bigger, and that wouldn't happen if the stuff didn't work. That's very true, and we're, we're currently now uh, selling to approximately 17 countries, and I'm working out agreements and permits with four others. Oh, wow. So... Each year, it just gets a little bigger and a little bigger. Mm-hmm. So, Well, you know, I think the world of fishing is getting bigger. Um, you know, the Baltic countries are becoming, you know, uh, more aware. And, you know, with the Internet, I mean, we've had got an email from somebody from Lithuania about a month or two ago. But, uh, you know, the world of fishing, I think, is getting bigger, especially places like Africa. Um, and areas that were only subsistence in the past, that they're, it's becoming a sport. Sure. And as it becomes more challenging to catch a fish, guys are trying more tricks, you know, reaching in their bag and, and grabbing, you know, instead of just a go-to lure. Mm-hmm. When, when they're not working as well, you know, they're trying anything and everything they can. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of the lodges feel that they can get done fishing quicker it's saving them fuel <laughs> and time and energy. So even yeah. if it saves them an hour a day using the ProCure, yeah. it all adds up. You know, oh, yeah. Up. yeah. Oh, yeah. So well, give us, a, give us a little bit of an idea about, you know, we've only got about two minutes, but a little bit about the ProCure. Pro uh, we know it's a scent. Uh, and fish a lot of times feed based on scent rather than, you know, sight or touch. They've got a lot of different things, their lateral lines and all this stuff. But uh, scent seems to be one of the main reasons to attract them to bite. Is that right? It is. And we use 100% real bait. We're not a synthetic scent company. So my crawfish is pure crawfish, ground up, stabilized, or alwife or anchovies or sardines. You know, they're, mm-hmm. we start out with 100% real bait. We're adding a bite stimulant to it just to help trigger them to feed. It's the same stuff they use in the pens when the salmon, when they're pen raising the salmon. Uh-huh. They're stressed and they don't feed as well. Oh. So uh, we're using that same bite stimulant. And then we're adding UV to it. So in down deeper in murky water. You can see it? You know, it, it illuminates your bait. So oh. They can not only smell it, they can see it as well. Hmm. And is there any particular uh, type of fish that it works the best on? I mean, you know, salmon and trout or halibut, uh, halibut for sure. Well, yeah, the, anything that's like halibut and sturgeon, those are really a scent-driven fishery. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when guys are anchoring up and putting it, you know, they'll anchor up, put their baits out, and then they sit and wait. Well, the more scent they have flowing back, the quicker they're going to get bit. Mm-hmm. And that's why, you know, with the butt juice, that's probably our number one selling item for the halibut. And that's mm-hmm. mainly for bottom fish. Yeah. But it's a heavy oil, and it stays on the ocean floor and just milks back. It's oh, not yeah. a big scent trail. Yeah. And I don't, uh, well, we're going to have to close it up. I know you told me one time about, you know, how many truckloads of dead fish come into your plant every day, but it's phenomenal. We do grind up a few pounds a day. That's <laughs> yeah, I'll bet. A few, <laughs> few thousand tons. Anyway, uh, Steve, we appreciate that. And uh, we always enjoy having you on. And, again, thanks for uh, uh, that little Christmas present. I'm going to uh, see if it helps me a little bit. You are listening to Fish on Talk Radio. 
Cape of Baja, Mexico is world famous for sport fishing. Dorado, tuna, wahoo, marlin, sailfish, roosterfish, and parco. The Van Warmer Resorts make dreams come true at a price all can afford. Hotel Palmas de Cortez, Playa del Sol, and Hotel Punta Colorado have the biggest and best sport fishing fleet in all of Mexico. Call toll-free to 877-777-TUNA to find out how affordable world-class fishing can be. The finest resorts and the best boats in East Cape. Call 877-777-TUNA. Vagabundos Delmar, Boat and Travel Club has 42 years experience introducing RVers to the joys of Mexico. Specializing in Baja, Vagabundos leads caravans and sponsors fishing tournaments, trailer boat cruises, and weekend getaways in Mexico and the West. Vagabundos Del Mar also saves its 10,000 members tons of money on low-cost auto insurance. Stay up to date on Mexican travel with the printed newsletter online at vagabundos.com or call 800-474-BAJA. Mystery Tackle Box is the most fun and affordable way to discover new lures every month. Select your target species and select your subscription length. Get your box delivered. Catch more fish. It's that easy. Offering fresh and salt water, we've partnered with Fish Talk to get you a great deal. Use the promo code Fish Talk for $10 off your first subscription. Mystery Tackle Box is the original monthly lure subscription service. In fact, we've been told that it feels like Christmas once a month and you can get started for as little as 15 bucks a month. Go to mysterytacklebox.com today. That's mysterytacklebox.com and start getting your packages every month. This is John and I believe in Mystery Tackle Box. Go to mysterytacklebox.com, mention Fish Talk, get a special deal and get the packages coming every month. You will be looking forward to it. Welcome back to Fish Talk Hunt Radio with John Hennigan. This is John Hennigan, and this is Fish Hunt Talk Radio. And we have now with us, uh, we're talking this previous segment to Steve about what fish like to eat. We're going to find out what we like to eat. <laughs> right, John? John McGannon, exactly from Wild, right. John McGannon from Wild Eats. He is a premier... Um, chef specializing in things that you don't buy in a grocery store. 
wild game. <laughs> or of all well, well, that all depends on what you consider your grocery store, right? <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Yeah. It could be well, you it could be out offshore, and it could be yeah. at the top of the Rocky Mountain. Well, it's it could, all, it's yeah, all relative. Yeah, it might be in your freezer, but it's probably not at uh, um, <laughs> the the major grocery chains. But uh, yes, didn't start there. Let's yeah. just put it that well, way. Well, actually, you know, you do see some stuff that's starting to come. Well, buffalo, I guess, is becoming popular. But sure. you know, wild game can only be sold if it's farm raised. And that's correct. Would you, would you comment on that a little bit? Because you can buy. Um, you know, game like uh, venison or elk, but it's farm raised. Is, is that similar to what you might uh, be able to uh, uh, harvest in the wild? Well, only by name, because as we know, um, you know, you are what you eat. And so if you're a, if you're a deer or an elk or a wild boar or a bison, and you're basically hanging out in a feedlot, mm-hmm. Um, number one, you're eating pretty much the same thing as those cattle are. Yeah. And secondly, you're you're not going to be running up and down ten thousand foot mountains, having oh. this incredible muscle development. So, yeah. from from a a, a case perspective, you know, you're not eating you're not eating the Forbes and the uh, and the buck brush and the bitter brush and things like that, which give the unique flavor to wild game. But mm-hmm. you also don't get the the muscle development. And when you're hanging out in a feedlot, you know you're gonna you're gonna start getting fat just like those cows. Yeah. So you lose the nutritional advantage. So oh. there's yeah, by name they are um, a, a similar species, but uh, that's kind of where it ends. Well, on that subject, and Frank, don't let me cut you off, but um, I somebody gave us some bear one time uh, up in Alaska, uh-huh. and we go, oh great, this is really good. We're gonna do this and that. Man, that stuff, you know, it was like eating fish scales. It was well, terrible. What, what do you, what do you think, what do you think terrible. the diet is? <laughs> yeah. Salmon. Yeah. <laughs> it was, I mean, that's exactly. It depends on exactly. what you are, so, what you eat. That's right. Is, is, very, is very true and significant. And depending upon, yeah. you know, if you get a bear that's just out of a den eating fresh blueberries, yeah. well, then there you it's going to taste a little bit different yeah. than the one that's eating those sockeye that are running yeah. up the river. Yeah, right? or things like the upland game that, eat, you know, the sachins and things and sing the stuff that's eat. But it really, I mean, you wouldn't realize how much of a difference it really makes in the taste. Oh, yeah. No, I would. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would Me now. Too. Like mm-hmm. with the sagehens, and I think we've talked about this the last time about dry aging and how that oh, has yeah. the effect how that affects the meat. Mm-hmm. So the, the 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 blood that is inside of our muscle systems is mm-hmm. the broken down byproduct of what we eat. Mm-hmm. So if you're a bear and you're eating fish and you don't properly drain out all that excess capillary blood, well, it, it's going to taste like the fish scales you just mentioned. <laughs> yeah. Well, the same the same the same holds true for those uh, sage hens. You know, they're really super aggressive in flavor because they're eating all that very rich, oily sage and if you consume that flesh in its saturated state well it's going to taste just like just like what they eat (laughs) and so just like you hang your deer and your elk Mm -hmm. and your bison and your moose and you Mm -hmm. dry age them to get them to the maximum culinary potential Mm-hmm. You do exactly the same thing with your with your waterfowl. Well, I mean, and your upland birds. And so, uh, by simply putting a putting that sage hen in a refrigerator and allowing it to dry out and allowing the excess moisture. Now they don't have a whole lot of capillary blood per se, uh, as, as do a, you know a duck or a goose. Mm-hmm. Uh, but simply drying it out and getting that internal moisture out of that meat will get rid of a whole bunch of that 
very aggressive flavor that's associated with those birds. Uh, John, I so much enjoy having you on because I really enjoy food, and I just enjoy learning things from you. Uh, you know, one of the things you touched on was aging. Now, dry mm-hmm. aging, uh, there's a local, well, within a short distance butcher shop that dry ages all their meat, and they hang it for about mm-hmm. three weeks. But it's one of those things, don't do it at home. It has to be very controlled uh, temperature and very controlled humidity, and it makes a huge difference. But you can't just throw it in the refrigerator and expect the same results. Well, you know, I, I think you can. I, I think as long as you're below 40 degrees and above freezing, mm-hmm. and, you know, if you, even, and even if you're doing it piece by piece, the challenge that one has at home is, is space. Mm-hmm. So you don't know, you know, not everybody has a walk-in yeah. refrigerator that they can deal with. Right. But as long you can you can dry age, you know, a couple, two, three ducks on a rack uh-huh. in your refrigerator. And, you know, I've, I've, taken, I've taken geese, um, you know, up to 14, 15 days and can turn a, a big old Canadian honker into a piece of filet mignon. And you know how wow. tough those birds can be. Yeah. And it's all basically you're getting rid of that capillary blood for the, for the reasons we just discussed. And you're evaporating the internal moisture out of, the, out of that meat. And without those two liquid properties, the fiber structure of those highly intensified muscle systems basically becomes tender. I, I now, they do that. The restaurants do that. Mm-hmm. And they'll, they'll hang their beef for 28 days, which is yeah. complete overkill. Because uh, those animals have never even broken into a trot, no less yeah. up and down a 10,000-foot yeah. mountain. So but that's how you get the maximum, the maximum potential. Mm-hmm. Um, for your domestic meat, but it's really the only way that you can break down these intense mm-hmm. muscle systems that are fully saturated with uh, with all this capillary blood. Well, your wild game. I, I don't want. I want to give Frank a chance to ask a question, but I got one more first. You were okay. talking about ducks and geese. Now, they have so much oil. What do you recommend as far as roasting or? Or, um, you know, once you do slow cook them, they come out completely tender. Of course, they're going to be moist because of the amount of fat and oil they have in them. But what do you recommend for uh, fixing uh, ducks and geese that, that well, do have all Well, as we fat? just mentioned, waterfowl, migratory birds, have a process called reoxygenation. And it, it is what allows that those birds to fly, you know, thousands of miles on a migration at, you know, 10, 12, 15,000 feet in the air. That... Reoxygenation is because it has twice the amount of capillary blood than does a land animal. Oh. And as and as we mentioned, you know, this excess amount of capillary blood supplies oxygen to its heart and its lungs, which allows it to do what it does. And now that's really good for the ducks and the geese. That's not so good for us uh, because of what we just went through with the with regards to what it is that you eat. And now if you eat that bird and it's fully oversaturated state. That's why the, the meat and the flesh of a, a duck or a goose is so dark. It's because it's so mm-hmm. impregnated with this capillary blood. Oh. And if you, and most people, when they have something that has a little bit of an off flavor, they want to soak it in something, which mm-hmm. is exactly the opposite of what you want to do. The reason oh, really? why it's so aggressive is because of this fully saturated state. And just like you hang your deer and your elk and your beef, you you dry age your your waterfowl. Oh, and so you over, take instead of adding moisture. Of time, uh, instead of adding moisture, you want to take it away. Drain out, mm-hmm. and that meat mm-hmm. will go from an eggplant purple color to the color of a piece of veal. Huh. 
And then you don't What's need your... the habanero teriyaki honey sake soy glaze <laughs> to cover up all that stuff. Yeah. And you actually have a, a piece of meat that is uh, is at its maximum potential. And your breast for your waterfowl, you treat it just like a ribeye, hot and fast. Oh, yeah. Leg. Yeah, you, you treat it like a, like a shoulder, slow and wet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sorry. Wild, what was that last? Birds are not I, I'm, I'm sorry. The, the last thing you said, you treat what like uh, 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 low and slow? That was the well. Slow and wet is, are the legs and the the breasts are. Oh hot yeah. Okay. Like, okay. Like I got you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, we all we're Let's we're kind of programmed because we think, oh, you just take a chicken and you can throw it in the oven mm-hmm. and you roast it and it comes out and every everything is where it's supposed to be. Well, mm-hmm. those those birds have been. Uh, very much modified since the beginning of time to oh, yeah. be able to accommodate, uh, you know, accommodate mm-hmm. that kind of cooking technique. Well, the, the wild birds, um, you have you have two very distinctive, different muscle structures that mm-hmm. require different cooking applications. It'd be like okay. taking a whole steer and putting it on a spit, cooking it over a fire, yeah. and, and thinking that. Yeah. You know, the necks and the shoulders and the shanks are going to be all nice and juicy and moist, and yeah. those, you know, those nice uh, strip loins are going to be beautiful and medium rare. It's, mm-hmm. it, can't, it doesn't work that right. way. Mm-hmm. Uh, Frank, we've only got a couple of minutes. I'm sure you got a couple of questions. And we haven't even talked about seasoning that uh, John specializes in. Yeah, this is what I'm going to ask you really quick. When I was a kid, we hung our ducks 24 hours. We'd pull out the guts and hang them by their head. Mm-hmm. Then we would just pull the breast out, put two crab apples in a pan, <laughs> lay the breast on them. Then we would take orange juice and honey and mix it up, and that was our base. Mm-hmm. And the, the, I have honestly, and if you cook them perfect, where they're just pink, very light pink in the middle of the breast, they're delicious. Mm-hmm. Well, they can be. There's a lot of there's a lot of um, the variety depending on what species of waterfowl we're talking about have significant that. application to that as well. But my I, I have if you go to wildeats.com, I have a, a document that that has all of the uh, the recommended dry aging times mm-hmm. for this per the specific species, and you know so if you got your small birds. But Two to four days would be plenty. Mm-hmm. Um, you get you know mallards and sprigs five to seven days, and you can take a big old honker up to fourteen days. But, and John, literally John, turn we're going to we're going to filet mignon. We're out of time. What is your website? It is uh, wildeats.com. And go there. And we didn't even talk about the spices. You have hundreds of them, and you put them all well, together. I have, I have six varieties, and yep. if it walks, crawls, swims, or flies, we, okay. have, we, have, we have the perfect blend. Okay, go to wildeats.com, John. I appreciate it. we got to bring it back. Good day the soft science footbed absorbs the shock of pounding waves, engine vibration, and even rocky terrain. Soft Science shoes are roomy and relaxed, and they drain and dry quickly. Check out the Soft Science Fin fishing shoes and boots and the Fin H2O for kayaking and canoeing. They're lightweight, slip-resistant, and won't mark your deck. See the new styles for men and women, and get your pair on at softscience.com. 
It's time for you to take a real fun adventure. Join a hosted fishing adventure to Alaska or Baja with the staff of Fish Talk Radio. Real Fun Adventures can book you on any adventure you desire. Bring your fishing friends or meet new ones. Fish Talk Radio gets the best deals from our sponsors to give you the best possible price. Real Fun Trips are inclusive, easy, no-worry packages to the most popular fish grounds. Trips start around $600. Go to reelfunadventures.com. Mystery Tackle Box is the most fun and affordable way to discover new lures every month. Select your target species and select your subscription length. Get your box delivered. Catch more fish. It's that easy. Offering fresh and salt water, we've partnered with Fish Talk to get you a great deal. Use the promo code FISHTALK for $10 off your first subscription. Mystery Tackle Box is the original monthly lure subscription service. In fact, we've been told that it feels like Christmas once a month and you can get started for as little as 15 bucks a month. Go to mysterytacklebox.com today. That's mysterytacklebox.com and start getting your packages every month. This is John and I believe in Mystery Tackle Box. Go to mysterytacklebox.com, mention Fish Talk, get a special deal and get the packages coming every month. You will be looking forward to it. Alaskan RV Butler. Guiding, fishing, hiking, sightseeing, adventure. The Alaskan RV Butler. Like a cruise on wheels in the comfort of an RV, view the wonders of Alaskan interior, streams, ocean, and wildlife. Or fish for the big one, all while pampered by Mike, the Alaskan RV Butler. Mike's inclusive tours serve butter-drenched shellfish and mouth-watering steaks. Mike is your personal chef, chauffeur, guide, and planner. And for the real Alaska, contact MikeRVButler at gmail.com. That's MikeRVButler at gmail.com. Welcome back to Fish Talk Hunt Radio with John Hennigan. This is John Hennigan. Hey, Frank. Yes, uh, I'm here. Uh, let's see if we can, you know, this is fun, but when you call people and they don't answer, it's frustrating. But uh, anyway, we're going to see if we can get uh, Bart Armuth from Ross Reels. If not, we'll try something else. If not, you and I are just going to start talking. Let's talk about yeah. our trips. Yeah, definitely. We can talk a little bit about our trip. I'm ready. I got to go in and fill up two spools. Oh, I got the line. Berkeley sent me. What are you going to put on? Oh, wait, wait a minute. Your the fishing line. I don't have. The, I mean, fly line. I don't have that. No, it's braided, and I, I'm going to Angler Center and fill up 700 yards on my 15 weight because I want to land yards. a 250 pound halibut. 700. Well, you're not going to find that, but who knows? You know, stranger things have happened. Um, I've done them up to a hundred. Yeah, 
Well, I wouldn't even want to bother with a 250-pound halibut. Um, oh, I tell you a quick story. We're up there fishing one time, and there's, uh, I think, three of us and a girl on the boat. And she hooked into something that almost pulled her over. Actually, the deckhand had to grab hold of her and hold her on. She was cranking on it and cranking on it. And, uh, you know, the deckhand goes, okay, who wants to take it? You know, the rod, everybody goes, nope, not me, nope, not me. <laughs> the last thing you want to do is sit there for two hours cranking on a, you know, a 200-pound concrete weight and dragging it up off the bottom of the ocean floor. But uh, anyways, it turned out it was, I think it was a huge skate or something anyway. But, uh, you know, those are... Um, you know they're great, but you know big fish—it's a lot of work. Yeah, that's why they call it hard fishing. Oh, is when that you're right? Going after halibut. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, anyway, um, we have Eddie coming up uh, in the next segment, but uh, um, we have a trip. Two things that we want to talk about, and we need to get some. We've been concentrating on this fish to or trip to Alaska, which is sold out. But uh, we want to start concentrating on getting some people signed up for our East Cape trip. Yeah, I, and, I'm going to the Long Beach Casting Club tonight. Oh, perfect! I printed up a bunch of folders for them, mm-hmm. and I'm going to pass them out and tell them to, uh, if they want to go. The, email you and he, you will tell him where to send the money there you honey. go we'll take the money honey yeah <laughs> but uh, you got it <laughs> but uh uh anyway that is that uh, trip is 850 dollars the end of september and it's being a, a, an incredible trip one of those 28 yeah 28th to whatever it is so we have uh we have bart on the line yep hey bart where have you been Hey, John, I thought got our, got our time screwed up, I guess. Okay. Time zones are fun, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. It was probably my fault. It always is. <laughs> but anyway, we got you now. Uh, Bart Lamoth is uh, with Roth Reels and, I guess, uh, sister company, Abel, or I don't know exactly yes. you know which, which one comes first, but uh, I know you were with Ross first, and then uh, when Steve Abel you know, kind of went off in different directions, you guys took over Abel Reels, which is... Um, They're well, still the best two reels out there. Well, I was, I was just going to say, this is not my field. Let's let Frank talk about it. Let me yeah. guess, that Frank over there, that sounds just like him. <laughs> it is. I, uh, yeah, yeah, I just, uh, is my reel going to make it back in time? I don't know. That's a Jeff question. Sorry about that one, Frank. I, hadn't, I didn't check the repairs recently. <laughs> yeah, well, I know you guys were running way behind, but, nope, you know, back, back I hadn't had to touch that reel in 17 years, I think. And it finally, the little spring gave out on the, the drag. Mm-hmm. Yep, so, and that's an easy fix. I'm Ben. If that's not already on its way back to you, I'd be surprised. Yeah, well, I'm telling you, and I've got Rosses that are just as old. I've even got the half gold and half black Rosses. Oh, really? Very cool. Yeah, so, you know, I've got all the old stuff, but it still works like brand new. And that's mm-hmm. when you pay good money in the beginning. You can almost do a lifetime with it and pass it on. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Now that's our, that's yeah. our joke with a lot of these Ross reels, and it's coming true. A lot of these Gunnisons have been, it's a 20-year-old reel, and now it's being passed down. you got great people's grandkids are using that as their first first 
quality fly reel, mm-hmm. which is just fantastic. I have people come in every once in a while to see if I can find an old spool. I had a lot of old spools with Rosses, and I'm pretty well gone out of all of them, except for the ones that I keep for my own reels. They're still super popular. We actually do carry uh, a good chunk of our discontinued spools still on the shelf because there's enough demand for them. And when we have time in the factory, we can uh, you know we switch over and uh, remake some of the oldies, you know, revisit some of the classics. You want to look at it that way. Uh, Bart, would yeah. You... One more question. Uh, would you kind of tell them where to send their Rosses real quick? I, sure. You know, I had a, I found you on the web easy, like you yep. said. But that... would you give it one more time for both of them? Sure. That, yep, but that's the easiest way, www.rossreels.com or Able Reels, and you'll see a little link for support and then uh, warranty repair. Mm-hmm. And it actually has nice little forms you can fill out, gives you all the information you need, which is great. But we're right here in Montrose. You know, you want to write the address down if you're you know, listening at the, at the podcast level and can reverse. It's just uh, 11 Ponderosa Court in Montrose, Colorado, 81401. Thank you so much. Nice. I appreciate that, <laughs> nice. and I appreciate your reels more than you'll ever know, both of them. Thank you. Abel and Ron. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bart, the conventional reels can be very, very complicated, and a lot of them you don't want to take the side plates off because you'll never get it back together again. Yeah, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh, uh, the uh, you know basically a fly reel is one of the most simple tools, but um, you know normally it's you know it's just there you know there's no gearing you just kind of crank it and roll it up and it's it's pretty simple. But would no. you mind? <laughs> would you, I was going to say, would you no. mind explaining a little bit? about the mechanics of a fly reel or Frank? Sure. I mean, the mechanics are pretty straightforward. The, the main difference between a conventional reel and a fly fishing reel is most of your conventional reels have, uh, have a multiplier system, basically. So for each each crank you make of the of the reel, you're actually retrieving, you know, it's a retrieve ratio, as you guys are probably very familiar with. Mm-hmm. You might, re, you know, it might turn that, spin that bale or spin four that. Four times, yeah. Every four times, eight times, what have you. Mm-hmm. Whereas a, a fly fishing reel is a direct drive. So there, it's it's one to one. As you're reeling in, you're just getting one crank per revolution, and also you don't have anti-reverse, except for some very specific reels like Abel used to make some. Um, I still have some of them. <laughs> they 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 are very very niche and very popular with those guys that like them. Um, but traditionally, if you're not, if you're cranking on a on a front fly reel, no lines going out. Uh, you know, you've got to let go of the line to let that line out uh, in order to, to play the fish on the drag. And most fly reels today you operate with a disc drag system, which is just a uh, a disc of a material like a Delrin or a Rulon, which are both uh, Teflon derivatives that uh, get compressed between either aluminum or stainless steel plates, and that creates friction. And that is, that's how your drag works. They're pretty reliable, super smooth, and there's a million different variations you have on that. You've got, mm-hmm. um, you know, Just like brakes on a car. They like brakes on a car. That's mm-hmm. exactly right, Frank. And that's Put it in Langman's language so they yeah. know. <laughs> that's perfect. No, and that's to that end. You know, we were t- I was talking about those old Gunnisons that are 20, 30 years old. Uh, when they come back for repair, usually it is, hey, the drag's real weak. Well, the pads on the brakes wore out. Mm-hmm. You know, we put a new disc in there and send it back, and the there thing's like brand new. Mm-hmm. It's just like uh, just like you know any any automobile getting getting a new uh, engine, more or less, <laughs> is how I how I equated a lot. Of the well, this is an off the wall question, but this is directed to both of you. Uh, generally speaking, when you're fly fishing, you know you 
you know, you, you you let the line out and you know just kind of in a loop, and then you just you know fling it, fling, it strip it out, and it takes you know all the line that's that's loose will go out. And when you got a fish on, um, normally where you you start with a fish, you're holding the line. Um, and then, you know, you just hold it with your finger and lift the rod up. But the problem is if you've got line out and you got a big fish, um, how do you put it on the reel? I mean, what's a simple way that, you know, you can do it without losing the fish? Well, in a, there's in a, in two a different ways. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, that was right. In the perfect world, that fish starts running, and you just let that line slowly slip out of your fingers until it gets on the reel. But mm-hmm. I'll default to Frank on the other ones. <laughs> yeah, we use uh, stripping fingers so you don't burn your finger like you, mm-hmm. a lot of guys on conventional push on the thumb down oh, on don't a do big that. fish. Don't do that. And they'll burn, burn the skin right off of the thumb. We take our little finger 90% of the time while we're letting it go, and we're reeling in the excess with a little bit of tension so when it gets to the reel, we can let go of it and fight it. Mm-hmm. That's the easiest way, and right. I've been doing it that way since I was a kid. Okay, so you can you explain that one more time? I was, wasn't... Uh... Okay, when you cast, mm-hmm. you you have it under your finger. Mm-hmm. All the excess you grab right by the spool, the reel, mm-hmm. put it on your little finger, put a little pressure on, start winding, oh, let it slide through your finger it, oh, at the I same can. time. Right, I got you. I got and you. It, that way, when you get to the drag, you've got okay. it kind of tight on your finger, so when it takes off, it just doesn't snap the line. Okay. And well, you see guys Frank, doing that on conventional. Frank and uh, Yo. Bart, looks like we're out of time in this segment. But uh, you know what, Bart, if you, if you don't mind hanging on after the break, we'll put you on for a couple more minutes. But you are listening to Fish Hunt Talk Radio. Go to Fish Hunt Talk Radio or fishtalkradio.com. Listen to the show as many times as you want and go back and go through the archives. You're going to find some stuff you like. So we'll be right back with you. ago, a sailor set out to design a boat shoe that was comfortable and stable, non-skid, and wouldn't mark the decks. Today, these incredibly comfortable shoes are worn by anglers, boaters, professional guides, and charter captains. Go to softscience.com to see more. Soft Science shoes and boots are lightweight and shock absorbent with just the right level of support. Several styles come in all sizes. Enjoy the Soft Science shoe in the water and out. Check them out at softscience.com. Used by fishermen who know where to get the best fishing gear around, Aftco makes the highest quality fishing rod components worldwide. If it says Aftco, you know you have a quality rod. Guy Harvey Clothing, the best outdoor clothing line anywhere, is also available through Aftco. Longest lasting, functional, and best looking clothing you'll be proud to wear. Only the very best materials and workmanship. As soon as you put it on, you'll know the difference. Look for Aftco at quality retailers or go to AFTCO.com. Great news. You can now watch Grizz's shows wherever you are, whenever you want, on all your mobile devices. Download the Grizz Channel app today. 
Enjoy an adventure during that boring wait at the doctor's office. Or while you're sitting at the airport waiting for your next flight. Just go to your phone, tablet, or even Kindle app store or iTunes and download it today. And when you get home, you can watch The Grizz on your big screen on Roku. Catch The Grizz next adventure today. This is John Hennigan, and as promised, uh, Bart has kindly agreed to come back with us for a couple of minutes because we were in the middle of some stuff, and uh, Frank really didn't have a whole lot of conversation with Bart, but uh, gosh, you know, there's just so many questions. Frank, where should we go with Bart and fly fishing? Um, you know, it's, it's become, seems to me fly fishing is just doubling every year. And then, yeah. of course, the, the, uh, the saltwater fly fishing is just, just huge now. Yeah. And it's not, well, it's not, it's it's not just like crowded anymore. It's like anything else. The more the challenge, mm-hmm. the more you want to fly fish. Mm-hmm. And I always recommend Enable or Ross. There's one other I will not mention on the air. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, no, there's some good ones that have been around for centuries. But yeah. uh, let me ask Bart a question. Um, as far as the Abel and Ross reels, with the kind of changing in the type of fishing, fly fishing, especially, you know, people aren't just after, you know, one or two pound trout anymore. Um, how is the industry changing for the reels? Man, it's... It's all about the machining at this point. You know, you're seeing a lot of reels that are made overseas that are actually pretty decent quality now, you know, in that kind of lower echelon, mm-hmm. $100 to $200 price point. Mm-hmm. Um, and now where you're seeing the value is in the American-made product where there, a lot more thought is put into the machining. And, you know, how not only aesthetically, but performance-wise as well, and how well that act, that reel um, handles adversity and handles fish um, in, inside the drag systems. Because it, in all honesty, in fly fishing, it, it's... A reel is basically a line holder, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> honestly. You know, we're, we've got to sell it based on, you know, what benefits do you have, what does this line holder have over this one, be it a drag system, be it an aesthetic look that you think is really good, because let's be honest, it's all about how we look when we're out fly fishing, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can well, I mention one thing real quick? Certainly. Uh, people don't realize the aluminum, it depends on what kind of aluminum you use. Mm-hmm. Because some aluminum you have to hard anodize, some aluminum you just have to uh, 
clear coat them, anodize, and then put dye on them. Yep. And, and you know you're right there, Frank. There's you know what we use is sixty sixty one quote unquote aircraft grade aluminum. Yep, um, that's I don't perfect. Think, I don't think we've used it in airplane uh, is, thirty is, years. <laughs> is, is that an NCR machine out of a billet or how, how is that? Yep, we we actually get them in, in long bar stock and mm-hmm. then chop them down to what we call pucks, look like a hockey puck. So and then, it's just then all them. it's just all one piece that you just uh, cut it out and so there, there's no welds, there's no exactly. nuts and bolts. Yeah. It's a hundred percent reductive process, meaning that you're removing you're removing the material to get one solid piece. Mm-hmm. Whereas an additive process, like you were saying with welds or mm-hmm. what have you, creates weak spots. Mm-hmm. Um, by having it be one solid piece of aluminum, that's what makes the the big difference. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, been... and, and you know you've got you got cold finished aluminum where it's just a big bar that they mill down. You've got hot finished aluminum that comes out of an extrusion, and you know there are three main components that will make that quality aluminum for a reel. Um, how it, how uh, how it's dur- how durability is the obvious one. Mm-hmm. Um, how well it machines. You know, the harder of the aluminum you get, the more, the tougher it's going to be on tools. Going to take longer to make. Times literally money in manufacturing. Okay. Um, and then third is how as it's kind of what Frank alluded to. How does it take anodize? Okay. You know, how does it take anodize? Uh, and quick question, that, quick question, sir? Frank. I'm going to catch up, but we got less Absolutely. than a minute. We're going to Alaska, and Frank thinks he's going to hook into a 200 pound halibut on <laughs> on a fly reel. So what's he going to use? How's that going to happen? He's going to get get a, uh, a a Ross Evolution R Salt eleven twelve to take with him because, quite frankly, we don't know how strong the drag is on it. All the line we kept using kept breaking before the drag came. So. <laughs> well, I've got two of the old Able fourteens. That'll do Wait. the job. That'll uh, do the job. Actually, one has never been used. It's still in the box, and I'm going to put hundred hundred pound backing on it. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to use 60-pound test with okay. a fly that's about 14 inches long. Wow. But okay. I would love to try one of the new Rosses if you want to send me one. I'd be <laughs> more than happy to okay. test it. There you go. <laughs> All right, you guys. My mom would raise it. All right, you guys. We're going to have to get out of here. Um, again, thank you very much. You are listening to Fish Hunt Talk Radio. Go to fishtalkradio.com. Listen to the show. Get in touch with us. 